Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi. Long Hi. I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. I'm in a unique position to share this information with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for nearly 20 years. I'm also a mom, and that certainly helps um, my perspective. I've learned many lessons from the children, clients that I've seen, and also from my own children. It's informed my parenting as well as the parent coaching that I do as part of my clinical practice. One of the things that I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents is that there are really simple principles for parenting. I'm going to cover more than 20 principles for blissful parenting so you too can have freakishly well-behaved kids. These principles are simple and life-altering. They will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children behave, and how you feel about yourself and children, and improve your overall parenting esteem. In this podcast, we'll talk about a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. There will be special guests, and we have one today, that will further our conversation about parenting and children. You'll want to stay tuned for my upcoming book on blissful parenting, and check out my website at www.integrativecounseling.us, and follow me on Twitter at Dr. Jody Mullen. Um, For today's show... I am joined by my uh, colleague and friend, Penny Lupo. Penny is a mental health counselor, play therapist, and a yoga instructor. She's a former early childhood educator and the proud mom of Aaron. Welcome, Penny. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Penny, mostly about um, yoga and integrating yoga into um, our children's lives and how that can help our parenting. One more thing before we start chatting with Penny, I just want to really remind our listeners, um, because I'm pretty excited about it, that uh, myself and my family created a book called Naughty No More, and it's a workbook, um, and it's a workbook to help kids make better decisions. It's available and it's easy to order. Um, You can get your copy by calling uh, 315-342-9255 or accessing the store portion on www.integrativecounseling.us. We'll be talking, we've already had a podcast where we talked about the book a little bit, so um, you can check into that past podcast too. Okay, so Penny, it's your turn. Welcome again. And thank you. I have a a million questions to ask you, um, but we won't probably get to all one million of them. Um, <laughs> I hope to, part of the way that I'm going to ask these questions um, comes from I have some knowledge as, as a person who practices yoga of the personal benefits that I feel from it. But I, I've been hearing a lot and um, seeing a lot in the um, just really parenting literature about yoga and children. So I wanted to really, like, focus on that. Um, so um, I guess I want to ask you first about what what are the 
you know, benefits of practicing yoga for children? I mean, why would we want to get our children involved with yoga? Okay. Um, one of the things, I mean, this is sort of a question that you could talk about for hours, but um, okay. <laughs> one of <laughs> it's a big expanded question, um, which leads into several other areas, but I'll try to focus it um, on, like, if we look at their bodies, um, the mm-hmm. kind of yoga that I'm teaching is a vinyasa yoga, which is a flow yoga, which is um, it, it, it's involving movement. So it keeps them engaged by moving their bodies. So we could say that there would be cardiovascular benefits to that. Um, there are um, it increases the level of exercise that they're getting. Um, it also increases their coordination because they need to be able to use their bodies to flow from one pose to another. Um, okay. So if we look at if we look at that, and then there's different um, points of entry, and kids are are learning so many things so much all the time. Um, that it's important for them to be able to have something that they can feel success at. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they can certainly feel success in a mountain pose. But when they take that mountain pose to a tree pose and they're able to balance that, that gives them a level of... um, of pride that they that they can then take away, saying, you know, I can do this. This is cool. I mean, and they love those tree poses. One of the most common love poses I've seen in kids. Okay, so let me see if I get this. So I mean, I think this is some of the things that we've talked about in freakishly well-behaved children before, and if not, it's certainly something that we 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 would, uh, we would be talking about in the future because it's really. Um, like one of the foundations or cornerstones of having freakishly well-behaved children, and that is providing opportunities for kids to, uh, you know, test things out, feel frustration, and work through their frustration. So we don't, you know, so you can't rush in and help a kid through a pose. Um, they they learn to be frustrated with the pose and figure out ways to problem-solve it both, it sounds like you're saying, both physically and mentally and maybe even more so emotionally, um, so that they, when they do get the pose, which they will do at some point, that's the whole thing about yoga, even if they get a little bit closer each time, right, is that Mm -hmm. then the sense of pride and accomplishment and that, you know, you have, if you work hard and stick with something, you'll get it. That all comes from just um, transitioning from pose to, you know, from easier pose to more difficult pose. Did I get that right? Absolutely. And in, in, in just to tag on a little bit more to that, not only all of what you said, but then adding that level of, okay, we're going to do this while maintaining our own calmness. So it's accepting okay. ourselves where we are. Okay. So that is that is beautiful. I'm so glad that you just said that. So it's yeah. also about, yeah. like, sometimes when we all get frustrated, not just our kids, you know, uh, Rather than stay calm, we get agitated, maybe throw a fit, that you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So the mm-hmm. the other piece of that is that while frustrated, maintaining ability to um, have a level of calmness so you can move forward because if you do the opposite and throw a fit or get agitated, it's really hard to continue to progress. So it's a way sure. of, so one of the things that I'm hearing naturally happens is that kids, 
not just are able to work through frustration, but are able to maintain, you know, a level of like calmness and peacefulness um, as they as they feel frustrated, which is really unique, I guess, when you think about yeah. it. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's not something that they they. And if you think about it too, with all of the testing that's going on and all of these other ways that kids can fail. Um, mm-hmm. And by fail, I mean not not meet the requirements of whatever these different people or judges are of them. This is them mm-hmm. using their own ability. So that's the key. And I think even when you when I teach a yoga class, um, and even in the instruction of that I got to teach a yoga class, it was basically that you know the first rule of thumb is to make sure that they know that yoga should not hurt, and that. Mm-hmm. They just they 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 begin where they are, and over time they will grow into those other things as their bodies develop and they get better at it. Yeah, and and so like I think there's a great lesson for parents there too. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think <laughs> certainly my experience and maybe yours too, Penny, is uh, as a parent, it's when we get frustrated you know, not just with our kids but with ourselves when we're generally frustrated and agitated and we're not able to maintain our calm is when we do things um, as parents that we're not very proud of. It's when we yell at our kids for no reason or are become really short-tempered or you ignore them or, you know, just things that at a later time we don't feel um, proud of. So it sort of, to me, it is, it's, it's a good, I mean, it's nice to say our children should you know, it would be great if our kids could do yoga so that they could maintain calm in the face of uh, frustration and annoyance and that kind of thing. But it really would, I mean, I'm really hearing benefits for parents, too. And I know that sometimes parents and children, you know, do this do this together. So could you speak a little bit about, um, you know, the, I guess, how that spreads out among the family and the, the benefits for the family in terms of that? Yeah, um, one of the things that, like, we even, like, when we are doing mental health counseling or in my role as teacher, one of the things that was during, like, when you're consulting with a parent, one of the big things that comes up is, you know, are they getting enough positive time? We as parents do not slow down. I know for myself I have to tell myself every day, and I'm sure you as well. Um, And it's easy, like, like, to work constantly on the house or on the dishes or on this or on that. This is one way that you can tap in. And because of, like, there are so many resources out there and the kind of yoga I teach has a more of a story. You can add storytelling to it and use poses within the story. You can do, um, there's several books. There's, there's videos out there. This is one way that you could absolutely connect with your child in a positive way as a family and do it together because I know, and it's funny that you say that because even when I was teaching and even at home now, if I'm feeling myself get more tense about whatever's going on in the moment, even if it's a behavioral thing like some some thing that's agitating or like the kids are really off in the classroom or my son had a bad day or I had a bad day, one of the basic things is that it helps me to calm, which helps me to be better helping them to be calm. So it's almost leading by example. Yeah, and, and, I, and I mean, I, I really can appreciate that because I think then it's, you know, one of the things that 
um, we've talked about before in freakishly well-behaved kids is just keep, like, how do you keep make a peaceful home? You know, so home isn't like, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about, like, morning rituals and how crazy, you know, it can get in the morning, <laughs> yep. everybody off and, and out and their teeth brushed and all that kind of thing. And if, you know, and if even one person in the family is, is able to maintain uh, peacefulness or calmness in the midst of all, like, the typical craziness in everybody's family, um, but the others are even know about it, it's like you can um, you can join around that. And the other thing that, as you're talking um, about the benefits of, like, parents and children being connected this way, we're not talking about, well, at least I don't think you're talking about going and joining necessarily a yoga studio with yoga classes that it has to be, you know, like a very um, costly thing that you can do this via, you know, via some videos or some books. Or there's, there's so many ways to sort of just integrate the practice that's connected to yoga um, to your parenting. Mm-hmm. And, and what um, a nice ab- way to connect your child too, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially when you um when they realize that um they can take ownership of it. And it's another thing mm-hmm. that like um they they can own it. Once they know opposed, they can challenge mm-hmm. you, you know, and take oh. it a little bit further. <laughs> it's kinda neat. It's like it's it's really pretty awesome to see yeah, to see nice. how they like you say oppose and they do it and like they the, the, just the amount of pride just exudes so. So there's all sorts of benefits for you know for kids and and that's going to be reflected in you know in our larger family. Are there things that um, we can use from yoga in our parenting without the benefit of regular yoga classes? Yes. Um, one of the things that you can do, um, if you don't, like, and, and how I began yoga, like, like before I got this training to, to be an instructor, was you can do, like, there are books. Like, I used in my classroom, I used a book called Yoga Book of Feelings, um, mostly uh-huh. because I didn't have, like, a specific way, how how do I teach yoga? I hadn't didn't have that. So we did the poses and read the book while we were going. So there are a myriad of books and, and videos. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yoga Book of Feelings is by Mary Humphrey. That was a really good one. Um, the kids in my classroom connected very well to that um, because there's a feeling, there's a pose, and then at the bottom there's an ex- explanation of how how it relates to life or whatever. Um, there are, even for toddlers, and I found this on Amazon. It was pretty cool. I have the little yoga book. When I was teaching, mm-hmm. I got it at a conference by Rebecca Whitford. But the coolest thing is I found this book called Sleepy Little Yoga, and it's about meditation uh-huh. for toddlers. And I thought that was pretty awesome, also by Rebecca Whitford. Um, mm-hmm. For older children, there is something called Storytime Yoga, and it's a book that has um, yoga stories that you can tell with kids. So you can read the story while you're doing the poses. There's also a book called Yoga Games. Um, so there, there, and then there's of course videos. And I don't have a specific one because I haven't really done research on those. Um, another thing you can do is just doing calming breathing. If you've taken yoga yourself, or if you've done any kind of like relaxation things, 
counting counting mm-hmm. your breath. Um, some kids um, don't respond well. Some people in general don't respond well to focusing on their breath. So you may need to divert their attention elsewhere, um, like by blowing bubbles. If you breathe in slowly and blow the bubbles slowly, just focus on the slow that's slowing their breathing down. Um, you can do... You can do another thing, so just focusing that way. Or you can count their breath in by five and then hold it for one and then out five, in through the nose, out through the mouth, five, um, for kids who don't have, like, high anxiety about focusing on their breath. And one more, another thing you can do is, and actually I just did it last week in a yoga class, and it was a mixed age group, and it was the first time that many children were able to, like, just, slow down and it's like an eight count and all you do is is explain to them okay lie down and you can keep your eyes open or closed whatever they're comfortable with because there's never forcing right and and just see how long you can keep your body as still as possible and i'm going to count okay and then you count uh-huh. and you know you know and you you can you can go further and say okay one and then and then you know, just keep counting. Or you can go, you know how we do the meditation in Shavasana where you kind of start at the head and go down? You can yeah. also do something like that. Like, okay, put your head to sleep, put your neck to sleep, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, however yeah. you can make it fun. You know your kids. You know how to talk to them. You have your own language with your children. Whatever whatever works. I mean, it's that simple. So do you, I mean, this might be a little personal, So, you, but I'm going to ask anyway. Yes, okay. so, um, so how um, could you give us an example of like how um, in your role as a parent um, you've used what you know as a yoga instructor with your own child, with Aaron? Do you mind sharing that? Okay. Like one no, one? I don't at all. Um, I actually had to use it this weekend. Um Okay. We went, we're, we're, we're on a trip in Boston, and we were doing okay as long as we were walking, but um, he he became, and this is a new thing, I'm not sure where it's coming from, um, but he became nervous about the city, and mm-hmm. there's an area in Boston up near the Italian area and um, Quincy Market and stuff, but some of the streets get very small. And narrow, and he started to feel really almost panicky. He was mm-hmm. afraid we wouldn't find our car. It was like the walls of the buildings were just too much for him. Okay, so be that as it may, new experience. Didn't know this would happen. We've never been in a big city so with him. So, um, I used the breathing. It was like, okay, we need to sit down for a minute. We found a ledge to sit on, and we just like got. Got, got the breathing going, and we counted slowly so that he could calm himself back down. I mean, he wasn't hyperventilating, but at the same time, he you could tell that he was really stressing. So um, we just did the, the five-count breathing and slowed down, and um, we did that a few times and then sat there for a minute and then, of course, showed him the map and how we knew how we were going and all of that. Um, but right. that is... Yeah, that was, it's interesting. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely an example of where if I did not have these skills that I learned not only in my own yoga practice, but in my in the training of how to use it with kids, I would probably not, that would have, that could have gotten a lot worse. Wow. As far okay. as for him. So, for 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really like I, I love I love that because it sounds like it's really applicable to you know to our day to day you know interactions with our children. So if we can you know learn as parents some of the lessons of yoga, then we can you know we can one do it with our kids, which brings us together. Which you know, you know you and I are certainly big proponents of um, you know spending some of that quality time and doing things with your kids. Um, and it is not just quality time, it's also quantity time um, with our kids yeah. where everyone's, you know, feeling good. And um, so it's it's that part, but it's also like there's these little lessons in yoga that are, are applicable to other challenges, you know, in life, you know, the day-to-day mm-hmm. challenges um, in parenting and that kid's face. I mean, I know for me, you know, I, I've been doing yoga about five years, and I, I know one of the things for me that I – which I think is so positive both for children and parents, is that, like, in yoga you learn to, you have to accept yourself. And, you know, which sounds like like a very easy endeavor, but all of us who uh, practice accepting ourselves know it is not. Uh, but I, mean, yeah. I think in, in bringing that lesson home, I know with my own children, it's like it's just a mistake, you know, like that's a, that's a common theme around here, and um, and where I got that from is so interesting. Is that's part of my training as a play therapist is to you know you're not going to sweat mistakes um, yourself or by children in therapeutic play, play. But also I hear the same message in yoga where um, I've heard my yoga instructor say it's just yoga. It's you know like we did the pose, you didn't get it. It's just yoga. We're moving on to the next pose. And I think that that's something very refreshing in a, you know, with our um, cultural climate being so intense um, right now, even for children, that they can just just yeah. go like, you know, and, and move on. So um, I, that's one of the things that I love about the connection. So, um, yeah, so I really appreciate you sharing that story. I, I also was wondering, Penny, about how you use your knowledge as a yoga instructor combined with your knowledge as a mental health counselor and play therapist. How do you integrate that? Um, well, it's interesting because it's it's almost like the mental health counseling piece helps me to understand when the yoga would come in handy better um, because in a teaching role it's different so you might have a classroom and you don't really know where the where whatever's going on is going on because you don't have that (laughs) that connection you have a connection with kids but you can't be in all places at all times with your classroom of eight right but in a mental health counseling area um, you, you you have one kid at a time, so and or parents will ask you questions. So ways that I have used it in the past is um, maybe at the beginning of a session or at the end of a session, if I see a child is really struggling, um, I've used it sometimes both beginning and end. It depends on what's happening in the moment. Um, doing the breathing, it looks like we need to breathe now. You know. Um, Let's do our breathing, or you know, you know, if you you can really tell, like at the end, if a if a child needs it. And this is typically older kids um, that I've used it with, who who do more talk kind of stuff. I've also used it with adults, the breathing piece, just to like, okay, let's all just calm down, you know, because 
some people will really struggle towards the end, and actually, right at the end, you know, you know yourself more than I. Um, yeah. <laughs> that right at the end, sometimes it gets pretty intense. So you have yeah. to sort of. It, it's kind of how I, I contain it as as mental health counselors say it. Um, right. Contain that session in that moment. Well, and, and as you're saying that, I'm, I'm just thinking about both personally and professionally, um, you know, really noticing when the person I'm interacting with, whether a client or, you know, child, adolescent, or adult, or even, you know, uh, in my personal life, friends, family, that kind of thing, aren't breathing anymore. <laughs> and I also, yeah. Um, yeah, I've noticed that for myself where it's like I, whatever's coming up for me and I stop you know, breathing and to just be able, I mean, I think that's such a gift of yoga is just being able to learn how to focus on, you know, um, focus on your breath in that way. Uh, Pam, we're starting to run short on time, but I wanted to ask you just want, uh, if I can get the answer to this, to this one question because I'm super curious about it and I, and I think it will help our listeners. Well, is this, what was it that, like, sold you on yoga for children where you went, like, oh, this is, of course this, is that I have to do, or you know, something like that. Um, I think the thing it was it was sort of it evolved. It wasn't anything that um, I specifically, personally, was ever involved in um, until I was waiting for my son to come home and um, and and student teaching all at once, and um, became very anxious. And um, I went. My friend of mine and I took it took yoga and the instructor that I had I took a couple of introductory classes at a college and then went to her studio after that and she did book groups so of course I joined in and when she was talking and I was looking at the kids in my classroom who were so I don't know over the last 10 years of my teaching or 10 years the 10 years that I taught it seemed to me like the kids behaviors were getting worse and worse and worse and not that the behaviors were just getting worse. It's like the number of behaviors in a classroom was getting higher. So where you might have one, you now had five, well, three to five right. kids who were like just, and, and it was crazy. It was like, what is happening to me, you know? Um, what is going on <laughs> with these kids? And um, then I took my first yoga class and discovered that that was the best night's sleep I'd ever had. Um, in years, <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, and then when I was taking the book groups, and she, I can't remember, I wish I could, I, it might have been a meditative one, I'm not really sure, but I remember the moment where I looked at her and begged her to come to my classroom because I wanted to see, I wanted to share that experience of that calm with the kids that I taught, because kids mm-hmm. are so very bodily kinesthetic, but they don't right. have an understanding of where they're still growing that understanding of where their body ends and someone else yeah. begins. And yeah. at circle time, that can be tricky. So, yeah, um, I, yeah you know, because instead of sitting in their own space or sitting in someone else's, their toes and someone, you know, it just gets a little bit crazy sometimes. And just sharing that experience with them, it was like, this is the whole mind, this is the whole child. It's not, I mean, when we say whole child in the early childhood realm, we talk about addressing family needs, we talk about addressing the child's needs, the child's educational needs, you know, their basic needs, food, food, you know, food and all of that. 
but we don't address how their mind and body connect. We don't address um, the social. We do address social emotional. I don't want to say we don't, but I felt in my own experience that I didn't really know what to do with that. So then I went for the mental health for that piece. But the yoga came in because, to me, it feels like all of those things come together in that one thing, like the whole person comes together in that one place. And that's what made me feel like we need that prevention for kids. We need that because if I had those skills when I was a kid and if all of these kids whose lives are much more difficult than mine was in the 70s, um, we went outside to play. I think that was our yoga, you know. Um, We went out and experienced nature. Today's kids don't necessarily have that opportunity all the time. And they're they're just it's just a more difficult time for kids, I think. So that's what led me there in that way. It's like reconnecting them with themselves. Thank you so I much. And I also think, like usual on this uh, podcast, we could keep going, um, but we're almost out of time. What's one piece yep. of advice that you have for parents that would, that comes from your knowledge in doing yoga with children? Um, hmm, advice. Um, I think that my biggest piece of advice would be give your kids as many coping skills as you can. Give them as many mm-hmm. different styles. And model them, and I think that's what yoga can do if you're doing it with them, um, sharing it with them, um, just finding another avenue of a coping skill. Maybe it's not the one for your child, but at least you've tried and you know that you've you've done your best to give it to them. Right, right. Thank you um, so much. I, we have just a couple of seconds left, left but I, I want to say, like, this is um, one of my, like, a podcast that I need to go back and listen to again. There was, there was so much <laughs> in, in what you shared with us, so many good ideas and things that we really can take as parents. I mean, um, and even just going back to, like, it was you had a good night's sleep. Imagine we had that regularly. We, we could be do much better um, at our job as parents. So thank you so much, Penny, and thank you, everybody, thank for listening. You. Have a great day. Bye-bye, Ted. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.